Now, and we now turn our attention to the world of the playoffs, both the NHL and the NBA. Let's let's start on the hardwood in the NBA. Actually, not a, a playoff topic, but Nikola Jokic, as you correctly uh, said, wins the MVP, second consecutive MVP. I believe only like the 15th player to ever win multiple MVPs. So uh, a, a pretty impressive list that he's on uh, there. Jokic, the right call? It's so funny because I saw that and I was like, I should feel great because I was right. And especially I was right on something that you were against me on. I don't feel great because it wasn't the right call. I mean, look at look at Philly without him. They were 2-0 in the hole, ready to get swept embarrassingly. And now he came back and it's like, is Philly going to win this? They're 2-2. Two and two. So I think that enough is saying that, you know, it's not the right call. I mean, yes, Jokic did look good. And yeah, the Nuggets sucked. So, you know, him going that far with them was impressive. But Embiid is having a career year. And I also just think Jokic has been better other years. So, like, how can you say, you know, he's MVP again when someone's having a career year like Embiid and, like, Jokic, I feel like, was better last year, for example. You know, so I, I think it should have been Embiid. Obviously, I, I, I still see why Jokic won it, uh, and I still congratulate the Joker. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's hard, a hard one for Embiid to swallow, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's one of those where am I super up in arms about it? This is the biggest travesty ever? No. Like, I, I, think, I think he's a deserving MVP. He had a great year, and, and he's a great player. And, and carried a Nuggets team who, who, as we kind of talked about before, you really got to see how much they were lacking come playoffs time when, when the basketball got more competitive. And, and it was just like really showed how much Jokic was, was doing for this team with the injuries to Murray and, and Porter. But if I'm in B, like, I got to be real, real upset. Especially because, like, you can look at the things too and be like, well, because I, I think a knock that you could say on Jokic is like, well, they're the sixth seed. You know, that's not all that impressive. Like, most of the time you think an MVP, your team should be winning more. And yeah, I guess the Sixers are the four seed, but they're the four seed by like two or three games. Like, the, the number one to the, the four are like as, as tight as can be. So it's not really a traditional sort of seeding in that sense. And I just think Philly's been one of the, the most impressive teams, and he's been one of the most impressive players throughout, even with, you know, trading in with James Harden. Like, that never stopped him. Um, and as much as I hate, like, players not winning it because they already won one, this was one of those times where I, I thought their seasons, like, as much as you could arguably argue for a joker, since he just won and how close they were, like, to, to me, it, it should have been Embiid. So... Not, not like the worst decision in the world, and we both love love Jokic, of course. He's a great player and, and one of a kind, but uh, Embiid deserved it. He did. I just don't see – you know what it is. I feel like Embiid's dominance in the paint that you can't say Jokic has had that as much, whereas I don't know a version of Jokic's game, I guess the assisting, where you're like Embiid doesn't have that. I, you know, I just feel like they're so comparable and Jokic won last year and you know he was better last year and Embiid, this is the best we've seen him. It just felt like the right choice was right there to make and I, it just confuses me a little bit. It was one, I mean, like, obviously, like, the Joker is is a, one of the most unique. I mean, like, he's a center that plays point guard. We, we've never seen that. And so I, I, I get that sort of like impressive, like, oh, wow. Like we, we've never seen a guy play the game this way. And, and the stats 
are extremely impressive. Like the, the assist numbers, the rebounds, the points, it, it's stuff that even as, as great as LeBron, like it, we haven't seen before. But it is one of those things too, where like, I think there's also something to be said for like the nuggets were so depleted that I, of course he was going to put up all those numbers. Like, like somebody was going to have to do it. There was, he was the only one to turn to so that I think that helps kind of get the stats. And, and I think sometimes people get bogged down in the stats, especially now in the NBA with how the game is playing. Like all the numbers are up, up, up high. high. Like five years ago when, when Westbrook did, you know, average a triple double, it was the second time ever. And it was like, Holy crap, that's incredible. But now guys get triple doubles all the time. Like the way the game's played. So, and that's not, I'm not trying to take away anything from Joker did. I think everything he did is still insanely impressive, but I think the stats are inflated a little bit because of the style of play in the sense of like, they look maybe a little bit more impressive and people get, you know, bogged down in that as opposed to just like Joel Embiid was the best player uh, this year uh, to me. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you. And, and how many times did we hear this season? Look at this new 40, 40, 20 club that Jokic is a part of, or this new stat club that he's a part of. So I agree. I think people get caught up too much with that. Cause I think if you just look at it on its face, how could you say, that Jokic played better than Embiid this season. I don't. I don't know that anyone would be like confident in that. You could say it, and there's an right. argument for it. But who's sure. confident saying that? Like confident enough to give someone an award over Embiid? Yeah, it just feels a little bit like. I just feel like there was more on Embiid's side, but you know, maybe it was the stats that got in the way, and, and you know. Like, like we said, not the biggest travesty in the world. It just feels like a travesty because we know how good Embiid has been. And like I, and for me, again, I'll say it, Jokic played better last season. So, like, for me, I'm like, ah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, like, team, I think team success has something to be said about it. And I suppose, again, you know, Jokic has, has had to deal with injuries. But I, I think we think that Joel can lead this Sixers team to a title. With Jamal and Michael Porter Jr., I'm not convinced we would still think that the Nuggets could go win it all led by Jokic. Um, as talented as they be, like, they'd probably be the, the better. That team probably would be the more impressive like roster, but I, there's something about the Sixers, and I think it's, I think it's Joel's ability to, to really dominate games. Um, and, uh, yeah. But congratulations to Nikola. Uh, certainly an impressive, impressive year and, and a great player and, and a guy that is just super fun to watch. Jan, we're going to touch on Ben Simmons because that's what we do, I guess. Now we have to. Uh, I actually think this is somewhat no, like noteworthy. No, most of the time I, I wouldn't. But I uh, recently got back surgery out three to four months. Does the fact that he had back surgery, does that make you feel better about it all or there's also this point of view of like, well, why didn't we like, did the surgery just come up? Like, why did he think he was ever going to play? Does the surgery make you feel better about Ben Simmons or, or what? What's, I guess, what's your, what are your feelings about the Ben Simmons situation with the surgery news? Yeah, I think <laughs> I would say I'm leaning towards better. How much better? I don't know, but you know, maybe Maybe, you know, it was the back injury and back injuries. I think you can, there's a place to say, oh my goodness, Aston Village has scored. Nuts. Oh no. Man City's going to win. Um, no, but I think there's something to be said about, you know, back injuries are a little fickle and they're not really well understood all the time, especially in basketball. So maybe a lot of the 
kind of back and forth we saw here was you know him thinking he was one place and thinking he could get somewhere and he just couldn't because it was more serious than people maybe in his camp even thought so i I feel better because maybe now it's just his back that has to heal and what i have written down it's just i it's just something i've written down maybe i don't believe in it even but i'm gonna say it you know maybe it, it isn't all in his head and i think for Ben, I, I would rather him need to heal his back than him need to heal his mind as much as it feels like sometimes it's felt, you know? Like, I feel like if it's just a question of him needing to feel comfortable with his back and then getting back to it, that's one thing. If it's him just, like, mentally not being able to get on the field and, and constantly being back and forth on whether he wants to play, that feels like something a little more insurmountable. So I feel better because maybe with his back surgery, he'll get the problem fixed, get back to playing. But how much better... Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. I mean, because I think that's that. I think that's like. I I tend to lean towards I feel better about it, but not that much. You know, I'm not leaning that that far to that side. The the whole situation with him is just such a massive question mark, and and it's going to be until he either steps on the court and plays or walks away from the game, because I think exactly to your point is. What is the biggest reason Ben Simmons isn't playing? Because I think certainly part of it is physical injury. And I think certainly part of it is this mental, he's locked. Now he's been off the court so much. And the last time he played, he was laying back. Like, I think he is scared to step back on the court. I think both those things are true. The question is, which one is the one that has the most impact on his, the reason he's not playing? Because it, if, if, this, if it's the physical part and this surgery does that, yeah, he's going to be scared to get back out there, but that'll be enough for him to, to face it and go play. But if, if it's that mental you know, wall of just getting scared to do it, because the longer that you, you, know, you delay something like that, it, the, the worse it gets, no matter what the situation is, no matter who you are, um, then, 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 they, then he still has a battle to climb. So, yeah, I, it's... It makes it at least helps me give you be like, all right, there's a chance to give you the benefit of the doubt with this one. But the way that he's gone through it, you're like, eh, we're not going to give you that benefit quite yet. Right. Exactly. Like there is a chance. Um, and I agree. There's like it. the longer he stays out of the game, the worse it's going to be. So I guess there's also part of me that's like if it was just mental and you could get over it and get back faster, maybe that would be better. But yeah i don't know it's just such a question mark and no one in brooklyn has to be feeling good about it um so it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out and 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 what you said right there i agree with i think either he suits up and plays for the nets and and we'll see how that plays or he's done i don't think he plays for another team ever again i really they barely they barely found a trade partner for him this time around and it was only because there was another player whining just as much as he was and and they got him into Philly and, and congratulations. But, you know, I think that. Uh, well, and I don't even know, like, not only would a team not really want to probably do it. I think if Ben Simmons, like if he can't battle whatever. And again, like I said, I don't know which thing is, is impacting him more. I don't know if it's the mental wall or the physical, but if it's the mental one and he can't face that and beat it in Brooklyn after kind of already facing it. And like, I think he is, is just he's going to walk away from the game because I, I don't see him. I don't see a version of Ben Simmons being like, all right, I just need to go somewhere else. And then that'll be like, that, that cycle is not lastable for, for any, any person or to your point, any franchise. 
Right, exactly. I, I don't, it wouldn't be, yeah, how would that help him to go somewhere else and then have people like, he can't even handle the pressure of playing at all, let alone like playing for another team after bailing on another team. That just feels like so much pressure, you know, right. that's just like, if, if it's mental at all, you wonder, I mean, you know, what is the point of putting yourself through that then if you don't really, a, really want to? As a human person, I'm just like, maybe more I'm thinking is, I don't want you to have to go through that, Ben. Like, if you can't get back out there in Brooklyn and, and it just, it's something that's going to affect, then, then, I, then I think it's just time to, to step away as opposed to trying to yeah. keep it going, you know? 100%. At the end of the day, you know, this is you know, a job. And if a job is causing you so much mental distress and physical, like for players who have to retire because of injury, you know, if it's causing you that much distress at the end of the day, it is just a job and you shouldn't do a job that, you know, is causing you that much pain and negatively affecting your well-being and your health. Right. And I, and I really hope physically he gets better. And more importantly, I hope mentally he gets better because as much as, you know, I look at him and I do have that tendency to be like, little bitch. Yeah, um, there, is, there is a part of me that understands like, you know, I this is definitely partially mental. And I and I hope whatever he's battling in his head that he can kind of get through it. And, and on the other side, you know, with with confidence, because I think that's it. I think a lot of this reaction is he has just zero negative confidence in himself. Yeah. And and that will make you do crazy unpredictable horrible things so i hope he can find some of that confidence himself and not try to be a better you know not try to prove everyone wrong just be you just be ben simmons get healthy get on the court and who cares what you play like just getting on the court would be enough for everybody so just do that i do and i do think um like Kyrie and and katie catch a lot of flack for some of their actions for how they act in social media blah, blah blah all that stuff the one thing I think that you can't say about those guys is that they're not going to be supportive and empathetic and be there for a bit. Like, I think he's probably with two of the best players that he could be with. Uh, you know, they're like, they're going to be guys that are going to understand exactly what he's going through and going to want to help work him through it. Um, so I, I think he's in a great position. Like say whatever you want to want about Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. I believe that a hundred percent that, that their hearts are going to be invested in, in the, this guy and, and that goes a long way, too, because it'll be more than just, hey, we want you out there as a basketball player. Like, no, nah, we, we we want this because we want you to be doing well as a human being. Um, and, and then, you know, selfishly, as a basketball fan, I want him to get back out there because he really is. I mean, like, yeah, we knock about how he can't shoot. He can do just about everything else at an elite level. The guy, like, as a defender is unreal, especially in the modern NBA. He, he can truly guard all five like there's people that you say oh they can guard all five and they can but like do they really guard them like well like bam out of bio ben simmons these are guys that that can guard all five positions um and and you know his his ability as a point guard and and just athleticism he, he's he's a special talent and so there, there's there's the selfish basketball player or basketball fan in me that that wants to also just enjoy him as a basketball player Right, exactly. That's not selfish. That's the good basketball fan. That's what you want. 
you don't you don't you don't hate on him for the things he's done you want him to get back and be you know who we all know he can be and i i 100 percent i'm so glad you said that because i know that on this episode on this podcast we've kind of you know touched on you know can kevin durant lead a team can Kyrie lead a team and and maybe on the court there are some questions about that but if there was one player that was going to make it so that Kyrie could come out of this and play basketball it was kd and it and it and he did he did like yeah. any other player star player would not have put up with it would not have tried to understand and kd did and i think that's why Kyrie, we saw him at least glimpses of him and we will continue to see glimpses of him and i think the same thing could be ben simmons Kyrie, much more of a head case than ben simmons so like <laughs> like, even, like, one Kyrie, guy, like i think the like a perfect example of like probably the the slash the misunderstanding slash also like i think Kyrie and kevin durant also just like get annoyed with the media and the narrative and so sometimes they're just like fuck off um yeah. but like I, I think every game in boston is i think the perfect it encapsulates exactly kind of who Kyrie is because every fan in there hates his guts and every boston player loves the dude yeah like they yeah. they they are as tight as can be and, right and like i think that says all you really need to know about Kyrie as a player like we, we can think all the other stuff and, and, and as much as trouble as he is the, the people that play with him at, at least where he's at now i think um, really really do appreciate him right i mean i don't think either of us sit here being like Kyrie's a worse teammate than i don't know james harden i think james harden's a far right. worse teammate and he hasn't gotten that kind of flack so absolutely i think uh i think that's a good point and yeah we we, we wish the best for ben simmons and i, I would love next season to be talking about why Ben Simmons return is the reason the Nets are in, in a good position to make a run. I would love, exactly. I would love for us to be talking about that. I, I hope we are. And if he, I mean, if he does return, like they, they I, I think they still have rotational questions. I think they've got to shore that stuff up. They don't need 15 point guards. They need someone taller than six, eight. Um, but if, if you have Kyrie Durant and Ben Simmons, I mean, like I said, just cause I mentioned his deep, like his defense alone, would have made the Nets such, and, and part of the reason that this would happen is because the Nets were an atrocious defensive team, but it would have been like him alone would have taken him from probably bottom of the league to middle of the back. Right. I mean, that's not a sweep if he's playing. That's a, that's a six game series. Like it really is. And, and I still don't think it would have changed it completely, but it, it definitely had the, had the ability to. So, you know, because we forget like they played Boston pretty close for like three of those games. So, you know, there there's a lot to be said about adding someone with his skills that were so lacking on that team as well and the size. So, yeah, I I agree. And uh, it'll depend on what happens in the East, you know, how everything shakes out post playoffs. But, yeah, there's every reason for us to believe in the Nets should should they get Simmons back. Even believing in the Nets, should they not get Simmons back? I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. But if, if they can, like, just get the, a little better of a rotation. Kyrie and, and Durant, and then a full season of both of them possibly next year is, a, is not a bad uh, combo to, to have alone. Jan, we've got the two number one seeds playing tonight, the Heat against the Sixers and the Suns against the Mavericks, both series tied at two. Both of us, I, I gave the Mavericks one win. You said clean sweep. They've, they've been really impressive in Dallas. Uh, the role players certainly stepping up and doing their part along with, with Luka. Out of the two number one seeds, the Heat, or the six or, or the, uh, the Suns. who do you think has the better chance of losing tonight? And then the series as a whole, 
Yeah, I, it's weird. I don't know why I feel this, but I'm going to say it. I think it's the Suns. I, I just feel like the the Mavs are playing like we expect from the Suns with all of these role players contributing even when things seem dire, you know? And, and, and the other day's display with Dorian Finney-Smith, I was like, man, they got so much Ooh. coming from everywhere and and we don't expect any of this to happen consistently but when you have enough role players stepping up enough times you know you do have a good team and and at the end of the day I love the Suns and they've been really great but the Mavs have the best player on the court they do so right you have to keep that in mind and if it was just him because I said that's why I thought clean sweep because I saw him score 45 points and they still lost I'm like yeah if that's what you're doing then you're gonna lose um but that's not what's happening anymore. Like it's really a full team commitment, and they're looking really great. So I think the Suns are more of trouble. I think the Heat, you know, I I I, I still have a feeling like we're we're putting too much on that Harden performance. I need to see more than one good game from him before I think you know he's going to go and and become vintage Harden now. And uh, and I just feel as though. Right now, the Heat are playing better. I, I just do. I, I think that the you know I, I trust that team a little more, and and Embiid's good, but I still think I think I, I trust Luca and that team. I, they just have a lot of good role players going, and that's the other thing. Philly, they have a couple role players that have stepped up here and there for sure, but at the end of the day, besides like Tyrese Maxey, I, I don't know how many players I trust on that team, and I trust a lot more players on the Mavs. You know, with Jalen Brunson with those role players with Luca. Um it's it's close. Now that I'm talking about it, it's definitely close in my head, but I'm going to I'm going to say the Suns. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really really close. I'm glad you said Suns cuz I'll I'll argue for the Sixers, but I think both teams have have a great 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 chance. And I think the biggest thing for the Mavericks it, to me is is Luka Doncic. Like if you have the best basketball player on the court, you got a chance every single night. And if those right. role players, they probably I mean, this, this is just how Role players go, you, you play better at home than on the road, but if they can at least contribute more than they didn't really contribute at all those first two road games. And then we're so, so great at home. And if they can at least find that middle ground where they're contributing something, hitting some shots and, and letting Luca, you know, cook as well, then, then it gives them a great chance. I'll go, I'll go Sixers just because I think from their perspective, you have to feel pretty great when the two losses that you have, you didn't have your best player. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, of course, you were on the road and, you know, coming back home. But like you come back, you get him back. Uh, you have to feel strong about. And then and I was really impressed with, with the Sixers defense and and really the heat. I think part of the reason I, I sometimes do doubt the heat is. Is their offense? Uh, we've seen times, particularly in the bubble, we saw Jimmy like really be able to kind of take over games and, and create his own shot. But he, he's not the greatest at it. And, and I think if, if you can play a really strong team defense against the heat and really boggle their offensive game down. That's, that's big. Um, so I think both, both four seeds have, have a great shot though at, at pulling off the upsets, which, you know, the, the heat Sixers one, I think we always kind of felt like was, was a toss up, but the, the Mavericks one, just because of how good the Suns have been would, would I, I would say shock, shock me. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I said, cause while I think the Suns are going to, be the one that goes home. I also I also think the Suns aren't going to 
go home in six. There's no way. They'll push it to seven. Whereas I feel like if the Sixers win tonight, they're winning in six. I don't think the yeah. Heat are going to come back and, and, and push it to seven if they lose again. I think it's going to be a lot. But I also know Eric Spolstra is a great coach. There's still some weapons that I feel like he's not. Duncan Robinson has not gotten like any minutes. I feel like he's a great shooter. So maybe you see him, you know, thrown in there to try to get some offense going in a little different way. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to decide. But, I, man, two great series that we thought are, were dead in the water for different reasons. And uh, and I'm glad they're not because I would love to see some chaos. And uh, And with the other series being... You know, one of them being kind of not tight and the other one being obviously the tightest one where we expect kind of maybe the champion to come out of that series. Um, it, it's good to see some other series being exciting as well. Yeah, I wish you had, man. The Grizzlies, they played so well without jaw. So close. Yeah. Commendable, but that's that. I mean, that's credit to the Warriors, too. And, and they're their champion. Like, I think we, we've seen the cha- the championship caliber of of the Warriors really come through um which goes into our kind of next question which is which would you which former mvp would you rather have right now steph or Giannis? i'll make the argument for steph because i, I like Giannis isn't stoppable he, he is and like a layup from a seven footer is always a better shot than a 30 footer from three-point range but that's why curry's so incredible because the way he shoots threes it's like he's taking a goddamn layup like the way that he can space the floor the way that he can impact the game and the way that he sets the tone like Giannis does set the tone for Milwaukee, but just also the way, I mean, like Giannis is a big body. He's going to kind of clog the the space and it's going to be kind of really, really focused on him. Even when the offense is focused on Steph, it's still so fluid and and still gets other people going. So I, I'm going to make the argument for Steph. Yeah. I mean, it's close. I'll give you that, but uh, it's Giannis for me. I just think his dominance in the paint, his ability to just literally, oh, we need 10 points. Let me just get five quick run to the basket points. Like anytime Boston has a has a 10 point lead in this series, it's never safe. They never hold a 10 point lead because Giannis literally just at any point can be like, OK, we need 10 points. Let me get 10 points real quick. Like it's, yeah. Dude, you know, give me the ball. I got this. Right. Exactly. And as much as you're right, like he hits three pointers like their layups, he, they, it's still harder for him to hit a three pointer than it is for Giannis to just go through people. So uh, pardon me, I have to, I need a dunk. I have a dunk on. The, pardon me. I'm down for points and uh, we're from Wisconsin and really need this victory. Um, no, but I think uh, I, I'm going to go with Giannis just because I also look at that Milwaukee team and and I think the Golden State Warriors could still be up three one if Steph wasn't there. Because they have yeah. a lot of good players. Jordan Poole's really good. And granted, they had some injuries, you know, going on. But they still have a lot of good players. If Milwaukee, let, let's swap out the injuries. If it was Chris Middleton playing and not Giannis, Sweepsville. Sweepsville yeah. and, and like, and like embarrassingly. So I think, um, you, not, not embarrassingly because they have a good defense and a good coach. But, you know, I think that it wouldn't really be as close as it was, as it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Giannis. But it's a, it's a good question because I also think like leadership wise – who do I want? I I go Steph. You know, I think that he's been a great leader and motivator for that team. Um, but yeah, so. they never. I mean, like the Bucks. Not that I don't think they're ever out of it, but like the War the Warriors, and, and and maybe too, it's the style of play and it's the team and everything. But I, but I think it stems from Steph. They're just like they're never out of it. Like they can be on like fifteen points, and you're like, in a couple possessions, this could game could be tied again. And it's it, it partly because they shoot so many threes, but it you know credit credit to Steph. 
All right, Jan, what is your – I don't need a winner. Just tell me who will be in the NBA Finals. Yeah, well, you said it right there. They always got a chance to win. So I think the Warriors look far the better team between them and the Suns, who I think are the best teams in the West. So if, if we're going that those two are going to be there – or even if it's Mavs that comes out, I think Warriors, you know, have this locked up. I think they go to the NBA Finals where they face the Boston Celtics. Uh, I know that's a homer pick, but I think it's the biggest. Ho- it's the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest one that I've been able to pick basketball wise that I feel like is is rightfully earned. Um, and uh, as if you don't pick the Celtics almost every time, anyway. Listen, if we had lost that game yesterday. I would be saying a different answer. So, but yeah, (laughs) I would hope. Um, No, I just think they've got so many players that that can show up. That trade between for Al Horford and and getting Kemba Walker out of there was just such a great move. And you see it now, both how Al Horford plays with the two stars and how he can show up himself and the defense that he's giving. No one expected Al Horford to be this kind of effective. And, And the fact that now he is there too, on top of Jason and Jalen and Marcus, who have all had their moments. Um, Grant Williams has had its moments. Obviously, they didn't even have Robert Williams the other night. Uh, they, they've got really a complete team. Ime Odoka, you know, making an argument that maybe he should have been coach of the year. Uh, really, really doing really well. Good stuff over there. And uh, there's only one team that could be pushing Giannis like this uh, in the East right now. And I think it is. I think it is the Celtics because of just how many players they have contributing. Um and we're seeing that what the effectiveness of having a team that's played together for so long. And I think that is also going to aid them, you know, should they get by Milwaukee and, and have to play, you know, a team like the Heat that has been the bane or like a team with another star like 76ers. Um, so, yeah, I think Celtics Warriors and uh, I think it would be a good matchup. You don't want to talk about the Warriors? I did. I just said you said it was good. Shut up. You know, I did. I said you were right. And I thought it was good. <laughs> I had you. I had you. I wanted your prediction. On the finals, he said two things about the Warriors and then went a rant on the Celtics. I love it. Guess what, yeah. Jan? I got the same. I got the same finals. Hey! So you had to give me some shit because you agree. <laughs> yeah. Right now, right now, they're, they're the two best teams playing, and then obviously things change a lot, even in a seven-game series and round to round. But if you're asking me what teams do I have the most con- I mean, I think it's easily those two. Maybe maybe not easily, but but the the Middleton injury is. Is worrisome for for uh, the Bucks, particularly against Boston, because part of the reason that Boston is, is so dangerous is is we, we've talked about their lack of size down low. They don't have lack of size on the wings, and and, and without Middleton to to kind of battle with Tatum and Brown, um, the Bucks are, are are struggling. They've they got guys that are just too. I mean, like George Hill is just too small. Um, there's sometimes some some just being taller and stronger is all you need. Um, so yeah, I'm in agreement. Jan, let's go to the NHL. Which team has impressed you the most so far in the playoffs? <laughs> I hate this because I wanted to see the Rangers go farther, but <laughs> stand up Pittsburgh. I mean, the Rangers had such a good season. People were like, you know, hockey is back in New York, uh, in Madison Square Garden, and they lead three to one. They've scored seven goals in each of their last two games. All of their stars are coming out, including Sidney Crosby, but also Malkin, Russ, Gensel. You know, they're all playing so well. They're, they're getting contributions from all different sides in terms of the goal sheet. So I got to say the Penguins, man, I really thought I didn't have any kind of faith in the Penguins to get past the Rangers. And now it seems like they're the most sure one to get through past, obviously, the Avalanche, who are through. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
Yeah, they've been extremely, extremely impressive. I'm going to go with the Cavs just because I, I mean, I know the Panthers uh, haven't won a playoff series in decades, but they still were the best team throughout this season, 122 points. And and the Caps have kind of come out and and although it's two to two and and now Panthers technically home you know uh, ice advantage. See that's what I'm talking about. So many different places you play on home, home field. Ice home was so rink. close. Um, they got they got the home ice advantage back last night. But even that being two two, like it, the Caps have, to me have set the tone more, which has been really impressive against a team that's been so good. Mention the Panthers. You mentioned the Rangers. Uh, the Flames also had a great regular season and are tied up two to two. Out of all these teams that have had a great regular season, is the Rangers the team that's most in danger of, of getting knocked out? I mean, they are, they now are three one. Yeah, I, I gotta say the Rangers. You know, they've just been abysmal defensively, and their top two players, Vitrano and Panarin, they have four goals total in four games. You know, that's just not good enough. And uh, you know, you wonder where they're going to get that help from unless those two turn it on. But uh, you know. I think you make a good point with the Panthers. I, I agree that even though it's 2-2, it, it, with the players the Caps have, 2-2 is, is really dangerous. You wanted to put these guys away, and you didn't, and now it's going to be hard. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I, out of all those teams, I feel like the Flames are the only ones that I, I feel like can still feel like they aren't too, you know, fighting a, a, a losing battle. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned, I mean, the Rangers have been like the Peng- the Penguins can't stop scoring. Like the, the, <laughs> it, it's absurd. Like, and and we mentioned before, when we kind of talked about the playoffs, the scoring's been up this year and, and how we, how that would affect the playoffs. But like, this is, I think they've seven goals the last two, two games. Like there's no way you're going to win uh, any game when you're giving up that many goals. All right, Jan, same as we did for the finals, uh, Stanley cup prediction. Who do you got? Well, I got to go with the Avalanche after they're the only team that got out of the first round easily. So I'm going to go with the Avalanche on that side. And you know what? I still, the East is hard because there's a lot of teams that are struggling and a lot of teams on the up and up that like haven't impressed me over the season, you know? So I am going to go with the Panthers. I think they get out of that series and they're still, you know, I think the the, the best, if not one of the two best teams in the East. Um you know, and, and, and I'm going to go with that just because I, I question who's coming out of the Lightning Maple Leaf series. You know, you know, if that game's going to go seven, it's going to be really, really hard for whatever team is going to come out of there. So I'm going to go Panthers and Avalanche. And if that happens, I think the Avalanche are going to easily win. I think it's going to easily. I just feel like they're so good right now. Yeah, they, they I mean, like came into the playoffs looking good. They first I mean, you're supposed to win your first round series as the top seed, but they they did it in you know, very straightforward fashion, which usually in, in hockey, that doesn't happen. Um, so they look as good as, as anybody. I, I, I agree. I got the avalanche. And then the, like you said, the East is, is feels much more wide open uh, to me at least. And um, I, I'm going to go, I wanted to pick someone kind of fun and they've been so impressive over the Rangers. I got the penguins. Oh my God. What a, what a, what are we the gotta odds one, of that? We got to have one. We got to have one good team. You know, one fun team. There's no. I mean, especially in the Stanley Cup Finals, you're you're never gonna get, you know, too many top seeds to make it. You know, I, I got to have somebody that's not uh, not the proverbial favorite, as it were. Yeah, I, w- I I was I was questioning whether I wanted to pick a homer pick here too, but I thought two is a lot, and also <laughs> this one, the Celtics one, it makes sense. This one would have been a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, exactly. And even though I'm so happy for them coming back, you know, two two, 
you know, they, they have the momentum on their side. I'm excited. I also, there's a lot, there's a long way to go. It's playoff hockey. There's just like, so <laughs> there's so much to still be said. So, uh, I'll, I'll save that question for if they make the, if they make the semis, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let them, let them get out of the first round at least. Yeah, exactly. See, I can reel it back when I want to. I can reel it back. <laughs> about the one sport you watch the least. Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not the hero you, you need. I'm the hero. As if Yannick's watching Bruin after how many Bruin games did you watch this year? I watched the the third the the fourth one, the one they just won. Um, I watched that one for like ten minutes. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> guy, the guy bleeds black and gold. Black and well, they're, nor, they're just black and yellow. They're not really gold. No, they're just black and yellow. Yeah, they're just black, just black and yellow. I am. Right, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> It is time for quick fire questions. Let's do it. All right. CJ Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State. Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. Which of them goes first in next year's NFL draft? I think CJ Stroud. I feel like he's the one I'm hearing more hype on. You know, he he's got feels more explosive. Bryce Young feels like the more polished talent for sure. Um, but with his Heisman candidacy last year, it almost feels like anything that he does this year. I mean, if he does better, then sure, he's going to be first and it'll be crazy. But I feel like it's going to look like a regression simply because he had such a good season last season. Um, and CJ Stroud is going to, you know, have a really good season and, and, and be the number one pick. But it'll be close. Yeah, I, I mean, they're both they're both incredible talents. I think very true with Bryce Young. It's like we've. How much more can you do? I guess I guess go win a national championship and, and be the only the second Heisen winner. But we've seen before, even like as younger Heisen winners have happened, that that second year, even when you have a really good year, you it it's it's held against you a, a, a little bit. Yeah, look at Trevor. I mean, but he was first pick, so maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe we'll see. Uh, Jan, we talked about him earlier, Mr. Holland. Does he win the Golden Boot in the EPL next year? I'm saying no out of spite. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying no out of spite. Honestly, I, I was hoping that was going to be your answer. I'm saying no out of spite. Uh, the are you talking about Golden Blue in Europe or just in the Premier League? Just in the Premier League. Just in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm still saying no. I still I I, <laughs> I don't know why I asked, but I if it was the Europe, I'd be like hell no. But you know, I think uh, I'm still saying no. You know, I was going to win the EPL Golden Boot. Alexander Mitrovic is coming and he's going to score 40 in the Premier League too. Let's get it. They're going to get relegated, but he's going to score all of their goals. <laughs> he's going to score 60 goals and that's all they'll have, but it'll be crazy. <laughs> I love it. And that's perfect for the last one because my last question has to do with relegation. Everton with another big win. Everton, Burnley, or Leeds. Are Leeds heading back down? I hope not. I want Jesse Marsh to stay in the top, but... Uh... I, I question whether they've just, you know, when it comes to relegation, it's all about it's all about momentum. And you see that with Everton right now. Right. They got that win against right. Chelsea and now it's and now it's game on. And um, and when you have that kind of success, you have you can't say that that's the team that's going to all of a sudden, you know, lose that momentum in the last like two, three games. Um, I trust I trust. You know what it is? I trust Burnley to crank out more ties than Leeds. I feel like Leeds plays the style of football where they either lose or they win. There is no draw. There, it's right. either a bad loss or it's a good win. They're scoring and, a goal or they're giving up a goal. Right, exactly. And Burnley is like, we're we're content with this 1-1 draw. 
and uh and you know hey if that's what keeps you there that's what keeps you there I'm, absolutely no, no judgment here that's atletico's madrid's uh <laughs> style for years so <laughs> can't 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 uh hate you for it it's uh, just about getting it done doesn't have to be pretty nothing exactly. style points yeah uh, and then i think too like in a relegation battle when you're you're it's between teams that come by points so you know so few uh one point is is a lot more than one point in in that sort of race because they don't get a lot of points as 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 we've seen all right Jan, you're off the hot seat and it's time to cool down oh finally it's so hot <laughs> should record that i kind of like that thank you <laughs> i guess it is recording it genius. is genius. We should record that. <laughs> oh, big brain on Matt. Jan, I had a nice little job interview today. As nice. uh, us actors do, uh, we have to always have 15 jobs and go through every career. Uh, it's all a character study, right? Tell me yeah. about your first job. And if you also want to mention your worst job, go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been lucky not to have any horrible... I've had horrible moments at jobs, but never any horrible, horrible jobs. But I'll say my first job was probably my worst job. I worked... Uh, I, didn't wor- I, w- I didn't work super early in life. Um, my parents were like, you know, just do school. That's what you're there for. Um, and so... But the first job I worked was actually at La Regia in Iowa City. Um, and it was this little taqueria that started as a taco truck that got so popular that they made a, you know, bought a space and made a restaurant. And man, cleaning that place after a shift was disgusting. It was Aww. the worst. It was like there was the, the, the place where the trash went w- was just in this spot that I felt like the sun focused on. Like it was just baking always in the sun. And you, there was just all sorts of bugs back there. It was disgusting. As smelly as possible. Right. And it's just like rotting meat and, and salsa. <laughs> it's just like a lot of a lot yeah. of meat and salsa. It's uh, it wasn't pretty. Um, yeah. And also there was this part of the job where you had to refill the salsas and it wasn't an easy task. They had these big vats of salsa that you had to like try carefully to fill these little tiny squeeze bottles with. And I just always uh, it just always spilled. I just never could get it right. It was uh, it was harrowing. Also, people in Iowa City were horrible there. They were, we had on shift, anytime it was the weekend, we had on shift one person that made sure no one left without paying. And that person, like, did their job every day. There was no off day for that person. The like, hell? Like, it was horrible. Like, people would just leave. And it's and it's like uh, you would run after them. I did that once, and I was like, wow. I, did, I thought I wasn't going to do anything, but I straight up did. A lot. Well, well, I mean, when it comes to like when you're getting tips, like, get the fuck back here. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like if I'm working at a clothing store and you steal a shirt, I I don't see anything of that shirt. Go ahead, take the damn yeah. shirt. I don't give a shit. No. You walking out on this check, <laughs> there's money coming my way, so you get your ass back here. You get your ass back here and pay for that California burrito, you fuck. <laughs> that California burrito. Oh, that was my favorite burrito. Had French fries inside. Ugh, great. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Oh, I love it. It was uh, a meal I could eat in my earlier days. I don't know if so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, my my first job was I was a senior in high school, and I worked at a I worked at a place called Chocolate Storybook. Oh my it was god! A, it was just like a chocolate like a chocolate store, like candy store. That was it was like near my house, and they were hiring. And I was like, I just need like a little part time job. It ruled. Like I 
all I did was like help them package candy and put candy and like sometimes I'd make some of it. Like I got to make uh, chocolate covered pretzels. Uh, cool. It's, it's, and, and and like they were like the first day they're like, hey, like you know, while you're on shift, if you want to have a piece of candy every now and then, it's cool. Like go ahead. So it was actually a really like great good job and easy as all shit um my worst job probably <laughs> the rose mansion oh the rose mansion i was gonna say i was wondering if it was gonna be that one there was a lot of good like person job and i worked with a lot of good people but just oh man the people that would come through there were <laughs> the characters all of them and then, i mean like not just that like they're going to a thing to go drink wine like everyone's coming through ready to turn up and dealing with just the revolving door, like it's a di- not that I haven't dealt with people trying to turn up like a bartender before, but it was way different in like that the revolving door of it all, and it was it was a shit show. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, working in service, I feel like every job has its bad times. I uh, yeah, working I currently you know working currently in a cafe in Greenwich Village of all places. It's like guys, you're just here to get coffee. It's not it's not the end of the world. I promise. Like just, just you shut up and I'll shut up and we'll get you on your way, um, and it never works out that way. And uh, uh, you know, you see the worst of people. You really do. It makes you respect the good people you have in your life because you see the worst of people. <laughs> it is true. I mean, I think like so many times a year, just like you, you tell a lot about a person about like how they treat like a waiter or just like people in the service industry, and it's it's true. Yeah. Because they're strangers. You treat a stranger like that? What do you treat people you do know? A stranger that's getting you stuff. Yeah. That's Holy how God. I was thinking. I'm just like, why you, like, you catch more flies with sugar than vinegar, right? Oh, that's a saying I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> it's a good one. No, I agree. It's a good one. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. It is I haven't heard. Time. But like, legitimately, you're like, how am I going to get this thing faster? If I'm pissed off at them or if I'm just like, oh, it's all good. Like, appreciate it. The second yeah. one. <laughs> I've actively ruined people's days because they were mean to me at the register. I'm like, you know, I have to make your coffee now, right? Do you think I'm, I'm going to make like, it well? No, yeah. absolutely not. And I'm, I'm not like buckling over and bending backwards for you anymore. I, I'll tell you that much. You'll, you'll get that spoon when you get it. Right. I'll just drink the soup out of the bowl. Right. There was this girl who ordered a nice chai, and I forget what she said, but it was super, super rude. And and she wanted uh, she wanted one extra shot, and I put four extra shots in there because I had four, and I was like, I... <laughs> and it was like 4 p.m., and I, I must have ruined her day. I truly must have just... I, I hope she had something in the morning that she got no sleep for. I, I really... Uh, she was on the subway like 30 minutes, not even... 10 minutes later, just like, <laughs> just like literally visibly shaking. It was so funny. And it must have tasted bad, too, because, you know, you don't want to right. espresso in a chai. It's like, doesn't make, you know, a little bit, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, she'd be almost like, she'd be like, why is this espresso so strong today? Oh, God. But I felt nothing. I had, I only thought about it for like a half a second. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, yeah. She feels like she deserves it, so. <laughs> <laughs> 2 a.m. that night. God damn it. Why am I wide awake? (laughs) She knew. I hope she knew. I hope she took one sip of it and was like, oh no, that bastard. This is 99% 
espresso. <laughs> this is one percent chai. Oh no! Never sleeping uh, again. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us again on this week's episode of Two Beers, Please. We appreciate it as always. Uh, stay safe out there. Take care of yourself. Of course, sending our love to Ukraine. Uh, Jan, you got anything to add to the beautiful people? Yeah, you know, I know that there's a lot of people feeling, you know, a lot of feelings about certain decisions that will be made very soon um, by certain legislative bodies. Uh, Not legislative bodies, they feel like legislative bodies, though. And, uh, you know, our thoughts are with you, too. You know, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of talk going on right now. And, and, uh, you know. There's midterms coming up, so I know that saying go vote seems that like the most, you know, <laughs> dumb thing to say nowadays. But I, I do mean, you know, it, it is a good reminder that um, that the people that end up there, you know, make these decisions that that have these really big implications. So, um, you know, you get a vote between a turd sandwich and a giant douche. Yes, exactly. And uh, which one are we voting for? <laughs> That's always the question, you know. Sometimes it's tough to decipher the difference. Okay, well, that's fair enough. But uh, yeah, our thoughts are with you and and, and everybody out there that's going to be affected by this decision because it's it's a lot. So uh, thoughts are with you too. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you guys again. Uh, Cheers, y'all.